Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of the Steelers post-game podcast. And the Steelers lose again. They have lost three in a row now. This third game might be the worst of all three. A 27-17 loss to the Cincinnati Bengals on primetime Monday Night Football. That's right, back-to-back time losses for the Steelers. That's very rare in the Mike Tomlin era. And yet here we are, the Pittsburgh Steelers fail to hit 20 points again. They turn the ball over three times in the first quarter. Ben Roethlisberger looks absolutely inadequate to be a quarterback in the National Football League in the first half. There is a lot to digest from this, but I want to make something very clear before I bring on my co-host. We are not experts here, okay? None of us claim to be None of us ever suggested that we were. We are fans, and we are as pissed off as you are that are watching or listening to us right now. So we all have frustration. We're all looking for answers. That's what we try to do here as we break down the game. And with that being said, let's bring on Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer. What's going on, Brian? Why don't I drink? Yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. (laughs) I I mean, I might start. You know, horrendous. I mean, it's not going to be hard. I mean, I could tell you my grades now, but I don't want to ruin the show, but they're not A's. Let's just put it that way. Um, horrible effort. No urgency. I'm, I'm upset. In fact, I'm angry. Plus, this destroyed a little girl, an 11-year-old girl in my house. And it's. Uh, I'll tell you about that really fast, just because it might give us some levity. Because the entire game, she was scared to death the Steelers were going to lose because her fish was going to die. Because last week, the Steelers lost to Buffalo. The next day, her fish died. The other fish isn't looking that good. 
So she's thinking the beta is going to die now because they lost. She was inconsolable. And I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, this is watching her and trying to get her through this and trying to watch this crap on my television. This is torture. Yeah, absolutely. Dave Schofield, co-editor of Behind the Steel Curtain. What's up, Dave? Let's go to bed. Now, I, 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 I got a message from my sister partway through the game, and she's like, this is why I'm glad I'm not like you, and I don't have to work by watching the Steelers. I can go to bed and not have to watch this anymore. And uh, I was quite envious because, yeah, moving it's on. on. It's one of those games where you wanted to just turn it off, turn it off. But I want to start this podcast off not – railing on about the Steelers. I want to send, and I'll speak for Dave and Brian here. I want to send our personal regards to the uh, family of Kevin green, whether it's, you know, his, his wife, his, his wife, his children, um, such a horrible, horrible news story to have to write today, this afternoon, evening, when news broke that at 58 years old, Kevin green, that's right. The hall of famer, uh, didn't play long in Pittsburgh, but he was a Steelers legend in the Hall of Honor. Um, was a part of that unbelievable Blitzburg defense in the 90s. Um, I think I speak for everyone when we say that, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with the Green family. Uh, just it, it, it kind of that news really hit me in the nuts. We'll put it that way. And yeah. I didn't even really feel like watching football all that much because I just kept on thinking, I was like, man, this is just awful. It's awful. You hate when that stuff happens, but. I know we're going to talk about this game, but I wanted to get that out of the way first. So, guys, anything to add about that with Kevin Green passing, Brian? Just uh, you you said it. I mean, only here for three years as a Steeler, but uh, one of the most popular Steelers of all time. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was crushed. Dave? Yeah, I. Um, that was a hard one. That was difficult. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you're exactly right, Jeff. I, it was kind of oh, tough to, even as a fan, to get in the mood to watch a game. And then we didn't really have a game to watch anyway. So No, absolutely not. And so before we get diving into the numbers here, let's get some just some super chats. Um, you got to segue into the game at some point. So Steel Dog 88 gives us $2 and says, no takeaways on defense. The only bright spot was Benny Snell. Uh, we'll talk about Benny Snell. I thought he had a good game. He represented himself well. Uh, we'll put it that way. Um, Isaac Aguilera gave us two dollars. He said one more uh thing. <laughs> yeah, I I missed one. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, let me try to find that. Here we go. Uh, five dollars from Isaac. He says, "When are the When are the Steelers going to stop throwing it short? Why does Ben still get days off? It's embarrassing. What's happening? Hard to disagree." And then he gives us two more dollars and says, "One more thing. Stop dancing, Juju." You're not going to find many people to disagree with you on that regard uh, coming up. I guarantee you that for sure. Kyle Smith gives us $5. Says, Who was worse, the tackles or the refs? Chooks and Al were abysmal. Ben almost sacked on fourth down. Refs missed several calls, including a DPI on Chase Claypool. Both were pretty bad, I would say. Sean the Don gives us $5. My optimism is very small now. One of the worst games slash halves I've ever seen. Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Mark Davison, podcaster here behind the steel curtain, gives us five uh, dingo dollars. He says losing to the Bengals. That's not just cricket. Poor form as the Steelers have given themselves a sticky wicket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we needed that. 
Yes. <laughs> a, for, a for creativity. And you know what? Sure. If you listen to his podcasts, if you listen to his podcast, he hates Cincinnati more than he hates the Ravens, the Browns, the Patriots. He hates Cincy. Yeah, X Eddie B gives us uh five. Let's uh, see here. These are uh, Canuck Bucks. Ben didn't get his elbow fixed to not throw it more than five yards. And there's a lot of questions about Ben Roethlisberger swirling around. A lot of people are saying that he's hurt. Uh, Mike Tomlin was asked about this. Uh, it's point blank. Is he hurt in the post game press conference? He said no. And is why are you concerned about his arm strength in the second half of the season? And he said no. So whether you leave Tomlin or not, I don't know, but he was asked about that. So take that, take that for what it's worth. Wilson, uh, PAVA gives us uh, uh, Pava. Maybe I'm not sure if I, if I'm saying that correctly, $5. He said, Chuke's penalty was good. Nice to see his fire. Ben didn't, uh, chase was a bright spot alongside Snell stardom going forward as always hashtag fire Feetner. Um, I don't know. Benny Snell deserves more time. I think absolutely. I mean, he's, he did, he did. I think so. Um, Let's see here. I'm trying to think how to say this. I don't know. <laughs> Any guesses there, Dave? Exile Dem Path. Yeah, there you go. Gave us $10. Oh. He said the Steelers' offense was offensive. I think that's a good way of describing it. And we will take a, the time now to talk about the Steelers' offense. Like we always do, we give out grades. And we start with none other than Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. Then Roethlisberger goes 20 for 38, throws for only 170 yards. He averaged four and a half. He had one touchdown, one interception, was only sacked one times, but he was pressured a lot. Uh, 62.4 rating. The the fumble, I don't know. if the, Does that go on his record, Dave, or does that go to Pouncey on um, the snap? I'm pretty sure it went the, – the, the last I saw – it was on Roethlisberger because they okay. counted as a rushing. It attack. should, it should go against Roethlisberger because that was not a bad snap. There was nothing wrong with it. He just mishandled the football guys. We're great. Ben Roethlisberger. I think we all know which way we're going, but we'll start with Brian. Go ahead. Fire Benjamin, away. <laughs> Benjamin Francis Roethlisberger because Francis starts with F enough said. I, I'm not going to elaborate. You know why? Dave, agree, disagree? I'd throw a minus on there. I mean, it was just – I mean, that first half is was – I don't know that we, as Steelers fans, had to witness that bad of a first half even in – or in of a half of football. Did we even have – was it even that bad in 2019? I know it wasn't good, but was it that bad? That was bad. I mean – I had originally tweeted out that Ben Roethlisberger had 29 passing yards. That's because the stats I was looking at hadn't properly adjusted Juju's fumble to take away yardage on that. He had 19 passing yards in the first half, and Benny Snell had 30 rushing yards. So that that was one comparison. It it was – I mean, and it wasn't just that the numbers weren't there. There was no confidence in anything. Passes were nowhere close. He's making a decision to throw balls to guys that have multiple guys on him. You know, everyone's breaking in that direction because it, I mean, is he, is he telling, is there something that the defense is seeing on the field by watching Roethlisberger that we can't even see on TV that he is completely telegraphing and saying exactly who he's throwing to because they were just swarming to him. And there'd be other guys wide open, and it didn't matter. 
I'm going to give him an F. I mean, there's no other grade really to give him. Someone put in the live chat, I give him an R for retire. Um, I, you, you just, you're searching for answers. You want something tangible. You want something that you can say, like Dave was just mentioning, you want something that you can say, this is what's wrong. This is it. Even if it was an injury, even if it was his elbow is not backed up back to where it was, even if it was any of those things, it would at least be something. By all reports that we're hearing, it's none of that. And you're asking yourself, what is going on? No one's getting any answers. Uh, I think that the fact that he still gets those days off early in the week, it rubs people the wrong way. But nonetheless, it, it's an F. Go ahead, Dave. I think they're full of it. I think that seeing Ben's performance tonight, I'm starting to – this is just a gut feeling. I'm going like bad. I'm going with a gut feeling. It feels like there is something wrong with Ben. It feels like there is something wrong because they had the extra day off. You had the extra day to work on the offense and you chose to rest him. Why? Because that tells you that there's something else outside of the football, you know, scheming preparation part that is more important to get right. Do you know what it looks like to me? It just looks like his arm is fatigued. I mean, it looks like a guy that hasn't thrown a, he didn't throw a pass hard. Didn't throw what would he throw? Maybe I don't know, 40 passes in 2019 before he had surgery against Seattle in week two. And his arm is probably just wearing down. I mean, you can never really prepare yourself in training that to go out there and throw for 50 plus times in consecutive weeks, all these weeks in a row. And so, yeah, we always joke about, I didn't have my arm surgically repaired to hand the ball off, but my goodness, maybe <laughs> his arm wasn't ready to throw the ball that many times. It just looks, you don't see a lot of zip on his passes. You can see the deep ball wobbling. He, he doesn't have the arm strength. I don't know. We have a lot of super chats to get through. I want to get to all of them before we pass them up. Jeremy Smith gives us 499. His best case scenario outside of a Super Bowl miracle, losing the wild card and pray that Kyle Trask falls far enough. I, if you listen to my let's ride, I am not, <laughs> I am not one to talk about uh, college football right now at all. Um, just based on the fact that um, I don't know enough about these players to really talk about it. Uh, but nonetheless, it's, it's not good. Um, Dave, do you have any of those other super chats there? I, I seem I'm to trying to move through. There seems like there's a bunch. I went back to make sure. I I had one sure. saved up, and then I I can't get the other ones. The the ten dollar one here from Miss, Mrs. and Mr. Steelers. That game felt worse than the loss to Tebow. Well, the loss that to Tebow was in the playoffs, and that was a ten dollar tip. Thank you very much. Yeah, we appreciate that. There it was. Okay, I just can't seem to get uh, any of the other ones, so I, I apologize. Okay, thank you. If you get them, throw them up there. But Brian, I want to ask you about that. You just think it's fatigue in the arm? You think it's something more structural? What are your thoughts? You know what i I think there's something going on. I, you know, um, the decisions aren't good. There's a. It just seems to me like when they were trying to come back in that game, there's plenty of time left on the clock. Then there wasn't because they were just lackadaisical getting the ball. And that was led by Ben. I don't know whether there's an arrogance thinking, Oh yeah, we got this, but no, no, you don't. And this is when we're going to start. I haven't heard his press conference, but this is where we start getting the, well, if I don't have it and uh, 
you know, the, Hey, I'm going to be the first one to own it that I don't have it. No, that's not good enough anymore. You're a hall of fame quarterback. You just went 60,000 plus, um, You've got to decide. You, you've got to decide, and it can't be forty-one million dollars. You've got to decide whether you are in it or you're just collecting a paycheck. And tonight, it felt like he was collecting a paycheck. Last week, it felt like he was collecting a paycheck. I just don't feel the urgency with him, and I just don't feel that. I, I think the fire is gone, and I love the guy. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the fire was there. I mean, you saw it in the second half when they started turning around, but it, it's at the beginning of the games. I mean, the beginning of the games have been awful. I mean, I can't even tell yeah. you the last time they had a first down on the opening drive of the game. Um, it's been four straight games where they haven't. That's unbelievable. Dave, do you have any of the super chats? Did you find um, them I, on your phone? I can't bring them up on the screen because there's a problem right now with stream yard where they're, it's just jumping all over the place and they're gone, but I can read some of them. We got... We got five dollars um, from Michelle Powers, yeah. But we didn't get anything in there. So if I see All anything right. else, we'll try to bring it up. Five dollars from Kyle Anderson. And some bright spots, bright spots to start the second half. Got ourselves in too deep of a hole in the first half. I still believe we can turn this around. Hashtag here we go. What Very do you nice. think of that? You still hope that your offense can score more than seventeen points. Against the two ten and one Bengals, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. They we're going to talk about the rest of the offense, but yeah, you dig yourself a hole. But at 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 any point, did anyone on this panel think, yeah, they're going to come back and score 24 points in the second half? I sure as heck didn't. Brian, did you? I did. Really? I, I actually thought they after were going watching to do the it. first yeah. half, you thought they were going to do a complete 180, and they were going to just turn I it on. Yep. You know, okay. I really thought that uh, if they came out urgent in the in uh, to start the first, the second half, which they kind of did when they got the ball back um, for that first drive, and I'm like, okay, you know, they've got this. And then there was there was no urgency after that. Yeah. Then you know when uh, on that uh, the play calling wasn't that great when they had to settle for a field goal, they could have really gotten back in that game right there. No, you're right. Uh, let's get to a couple here. Uh, Takaharu, five dollars. Let's go, Randy. Beating her house hunting boys. I'm, I'm sure you're not alone in that regard. We'll put it that way. Um, let's see. See, I'm trying. Got to it. Go. Got it. Freaky, freaking geeks. Media gives us five dollars. Ben gets the ball out so quick because if he holds it longer than a couple of seconds, he's getting sacked or hit as he throws. The line is old and slow. Oh gosh, it's just one of the many. <laughs> issues right now with this football team and then grayson brown gives us twenty dollars what happened to the steelers it seems like they haven't been the same since the botched thanksgiving day game it's becoming laughable at this point sad because i think we are wasting this defense i don't know guys i give up there, there's, no moments, <laughs> I think there's moments in time where you just want to give one of these emojis yep. i don't know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. um Matthew, uh, who's given us a lot of money over the last few weeks. We appreciate it. He gives us $11.03. His RIP to the great Joe. Uh, I think he meant Kevin Green. That's okay. I don't think Joe Green passed away. Yeah, I really please don't scare me. I can't, no, handle no, I can't handle anything. That would be a little much for me right now. He said the O-line's not good anymore. Quick fix with short passes. Can't run block for running backs. Wide receiver talent is there. It comes down to the quarterback and O-line. Oh, yeah, the play calling. 
Uh, misses and Mr. Steelers gives us $10. This is a completely different team than we saw earlier this season. That's It's, it's absolutely right, 100% correct. This doesn't even look like a shell of the, the team we saw earlier. And then lastly, Todd Williams gives us $4.99. If we see that question, throw that up there. And Steel Dog gives us $2. Uh, did it also feel like we got out coached? I, I don't know if I would say that we felt like they felt like we got out coached based on the fact that the Steelers turned the ball over three times in the first quarter. Yeah. That's not coaching. First half. First half. Well, I'm pretty sure that they weren't on the first yeah, quarter. At least two the in the first quarter. There were at least two uh, in the yeah, first Yeah, the quarter. second one was at the end of the first quarter because they scored. Um, they, they had the right. after that. You're right. They that one. The, third one, the third one was in the, the third one. The third one was in the second quarter because they went – they, they, they had 14 points off of those last two turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm not going to go as far as saying that they were outcoached because, like I said, that's not on Tomlin. It's not on Feetner. And that's definitely a, a common thread and narrative here. But I, I don't know. It's it, There's a lot of question marks surrounding this team. I want to make that very clear. There's a lot of flaws. And we're going to try to get through it. we got to get through it. So let's get through the running backs. The Steelers running the ball. Hey, this is probably their best outing they've had in a really long time. Benny Snell, 18 carries for 84 yards, 4.7 yard average, did have a touchdown and a long run of 29 yards. Anthony McFarland, one carry for five. After that, it was Samuels, one for four. Total uh, 23 carries for 86 yards, 3.7 average. Guys, Benny Snell, he actually didn't do bad, I didn't think. Brian, what grade do you give the running running backs, i.e. Benny Snell football? So let's go ahead and give him a B. I got to have a bright spot here. He he looked pretty good. I you know I have no problem with his play. I'm not going to give him an A. Um, you know there was that. There was that. Uh, wasn't didn't he uh, turn the ball over on downs on fourth down, or did he end up getting that, or was that a third down that. play where he, he didn't get it on? Third. Okay, he, got it. he didn't get it on third. He got it on fourth. Okay, so I mean, or there was a situation where they had a punt and he didn't get it, but I thought he had a pretty good game. He was a bright spot with on a dark night. All right, Dave, what, what grade do you give the running game? Um, I'm, I'll go a. Uh, I was going to go a B or a B minus. I'll say B, and I think the running game could have been even better if the Steelers weren't in such a big hole. I think Benny Snell was running in a way that he, that it, he was running. It was the first time you saw a running back for the Steelers in a long time running in a what you call a closeout style where you could take the ball and close out the game. The problem is the Steelers weren't in that position. No. So that was one of the that was one of the biggest issues. So that I mean especially if you compare it to how it had been going, but still that's like the best grade by far. I'm going to give him a B. I thought he played. I thought he played well. I mean, for the opportunities he was given, um, he made something out of nothing on on a few occasions, which is a necessity for Steelers running backs. But running behind this offensive line is not easy. Vernon Woody gives us four ninety nine. He says the offensive line is not good, so Ben does not have to set up for the deep throw. Um, I do want to ask you guys a question about the offensive line because we're going to grade them in terms of run blocking once we get through this. Kyle Smith gives us $5. Juju's dance didn't lead, doesn't lead to L's. That's just dumb media and social media. Hullabaloo, a 15-second video affects a 53-man team. Get off my lawn. <laughs> you, you know, can I say something about that, though? 
Sure. I get I get it. But did you see those defenders flying when they saw number 19 hey, yeah. ready to knock him out? So yeah, it does matter. Von it Bell really made, Von Bell was quoted, the guy that almost they took his head off. He was quoted by saying, "We're going to go out and have to stop him from Danny. They they they, they recognize that he's going to do it. And when he's bold enough to say, "I'm not going to stop," then you're going to deal with the repercussions. Do I think he's going to do it again? I think if Tomlin's smart, he says, look, even when we're playing in Heinz Field, Juju, just knock it off. Like that, We just don't need it. It's one of those distractions. It's becoming a distraction. Steph gives us uh, $6.99. Well, those are those are Canuck bucks. Uh, these last four prolonged dread games make me long for the heart attack endings of week seven through nine. Haven't lost hope yet, Ghost Steelers. Well, I'm glad there's at least someone that hasn't lost hope because I feel like a lot of fans shoot the fan confidence was at 24%, guys, coming into this game. It's going to be down in the single digits probably before next week. Mrs. and Mr. Steeler gives us five more dollars. Was anyone else trying to figure out if Finley was smiling or grimacing the entire game? Both. I felt he was smiling, and I want to knock that right off his face. Uh, Vice Prez gives us $5. He said, any reason the Steelers O-line pass box on both passing and running plays? <laughs> Oh, uh, at least we can have a little sense of humor here. Anyone know this was the question I want to get to. Does anyone know what in the world the Steelers were doing at left guard tonight? Anyone? It almost felt Rotating. like were, that. What? What? Like I, to me, that's a fireable offense. I, I'm sorry. You have JC Hassenauer, who's a, who's a center. Okay. He's a trained center. Doesn't mean he can't play guard, but he's a trained center. Derwin Gray at least has some experience playing guard. If you think J.C. Hassenauer is the answer there, then why would you just put him in and leave him in and let him get into a rhythm? Instead, that they're throwing Derwin Gray out there at times. He's playing okay. He's opening up some holes. I feel like they're running the ball well when Derwin Gray is in there. And all of a sudden, do you see J.C. Hassenauer back in there? Dave, explain. try to explain this to me in elementary terms, please. I have no problem with it. Because what you're trying to do sometimes, I mean, it's crazy because you say that sometimes there's a series where you'll play a different running back and you're just doing something and we don't think twice of it. But we've got stuck in our minds that the offensive line has to be the same the entire game and cohesiveness and blah, blah, blah. I don't, I think they were trying to figure out what was going to work best. And Jeffrey Benedict has said it so many times. Alejandro Villanueva is not an easy player to play next to based on his style. And we saw that tonight that, uh, that Matt Filer means a lot more to this uh, offensive line. People are saying about all oh, Filer, terrible, blah, blah, blah. I don't think so. I, 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 it, that is a cohesiveness issue when it comes to Filer was, has figured out how to play better next to Alejandro Villanueva. Ramon Foster knew how to, you know, I don't know if it was Villanueva learned by playing next to Foster or or Foster was able to do it. I don't know what the deal is, but it, it's just something kind of interesting going on there. I don't have a problem trying to figure out who's going to actually get the job done. I was just surprised they didn't just find one and go with it then in the second half. That's what was still kind of surprised me. Maybe they were just the infamous we didn't want to we, we might need these guys down the road. I try to limit their snaps, but I, to me that's just uh uh, a, a sound bit. That's not really what they were doing. That's malarkey. So, I don't know why, but I'm not, I don't have a problem with it. 
Okay. Brian, any thoughts on the left guard situation? I just found it strange. You know, I've never heard of an offensive line being in flux in the middle of a game, but Dave's making it sound like it's normal. Brian, what are your thoughts? In, in everything Dave said, I mean, I it's hard to go against. I just like continuity. I think for a young guy with not a lot of experience, you stick with one. And if you're going to replace him, you replace him for the game. And, uh, you know, coming in cold, it reminded me of the, like, back in 1992 when the Denver Broncos would bring in a different quarterback uh, every other series. You know, yeah. I, they they uh, rotated to every series, and it worked horribly back then. <laughs> and I, I just don't think that, uh, you know, it's not the same, but you kind of need continuity there. Yeah. Michelle Powers gives us $10, says, keep the faith, things will get better, watch and see. Well, I hope I'm you're right. worse from this point <laughs> on. You're not going to be every, – every team the Steelers have, have left to play are, are double-digit win teams. They will not face another team that does not have double-digit wins. So Man. they can't get worse than losing to a team that came into the game with only two and a half wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about uh, it, yeah. I know Connor <laughs> Norris 18 gives us 99 cents. Thank you very much for the tip. Appreciate it. Um, all right, let's get to the uh, let's get to the receivers, shall we? Let's see here. Uh, Deontay Johnson, eight receptions, 59 yards, along with 23 targeted 13 times. Chase Claypool, three catches for 54 yards, 37 was along that that came on that wide receiver screen on third down. I thought he was taking that to the house, by the way. Uh, shocked he got tripped up. Benny Snell, actually the third leading receiver with three catches for 23 yards. Juju Smith-Schuster, three catches for 15. Jalen Samuels, one for 12. Here's a note to remember, James Washington, zero catches, zero yards on three targets. Guys, grade the receivers. Brian, go ahead. Wow, this is tough. I really... Uh... I really can't give them a good grade just because they did nothing spectacular. You know, Claypool was probably the, the best of the bunch. I know that uh, we didn't have the drops from Deontay Johnson and uh, he played like a warrior out there, but I'm not giving them anything better than a C tonight because they didn't do anything great. They okay. just were average. Yeah. Steel Dog gives us two dollars. Said Love Villanueva, but he wasn't getting any help. And that's true. He wasn't. He was on an island. And Carl Lawson, he does one thing well, and that's rush the passer. Dave, what are your thoughts on the receivers? Um, didn't see crazy drops. Saw a lot that's of a bad. Plus. Saw a lot of bad throws their direction. Um, I. It's really. I don't think they were the problem. I mean, so that's why I'm going to say C plus. That's there. We'll go with that. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. Yeah. I was going to say a C, just middle of the road, because when your quarterback's not throwing you good passes, it's tough to make those catches. Uh, didn't see the drops. That was a good thing. I thought Deontay Johnson had a good bounce back. Uh, so. I don't know. We shall see. Let's grade the offensive line in general, and as well, more more on the uh, pass blocking because I think we talked about them and run blocking a little bit. How would you grade the offensive line in general, though, this this week? Brian, we'll start with you. I'm giving them a D, and I'm usually giving them a higher grade because of uh, their pass blocking. Um, 
Somebody said in the live chat that uh, um, Al made Lawson his dad in this game, and Carl Lawson was all over Ben. There was, uh, I mean, this was probably the most pressure that Ben has really felt in a while, it seemed. And he has faced some really good defenses uh, recently, but Cincinnati was all over him. Dave, offensive line, what's your grade? Yeah, I think Brian's pretty good there with with saying a D because, I mean, there were a few times where Ben held the ball passing because he was able to, but there was times where he had to throw it before he wanted to because he had to. And, yes, the, the, the Steelers ran the ball a little bit better, but there was times when they needed to run the ball. They couldn't. I mean, that one third down play, they just – blew who they were blocking and they just and let them let the linebacker come right through and blow up Benny Snell for a two-yard loss I mean they just had guys that they didn't block and I was got frustrated early on because once again I said Benny Snell runs for three yards but there's three offensive linemen standing and watching him do it you know that I didn't see it as much in the second half I will say that but I, I noticed it in the first half so it's just they're they're missing something right now, and I don't know if it's something that they can get back. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's, it's bad. Offensive line. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give him a D, just because it's just it, like Brian has said in the past. You know, you would always kind of bump up the grade because of the pass blocking, but I didn't even think that was up to snuff on Monday night. So in Week 15, so take that for what it's worth. Uh, Bernardo, he gives us twenty dollars, but it's well, I don't know what that is. Uh, He's in this R, team is, I was thinking it was Russia, <laughs> but it's not. No, I don't know. This team is wasting receivers. What's the point of having great drafts if they're running the exact same concepts every single play? That's awful. My grandma would call a better game on offense about six bucks from Brazil. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank it's you very Brazilians. much. <laughs> Instead of millions, Brazilians. <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. Lord help us all. All right. So the Steelers offense was absolutely dreadful. Before we take a break, I want to get your guys' thoughts on uh, the, the play calling, the the overall offense before we kind of move on to the defense in part two. Uh, Brian, we'll start with you. Thoughts on the offense in general? You can talk about everything from Randy Feetner to Ben Roethlisberger. What are your thoughts? We were talking about Ben Roethlisberger earlier, and one of the things that uh, you said is, yeah, Ben showed some fire when he came back in the second half, but that's the problem. You waste an entire 30 minutes of football. That was probably, and everybody was saying it on on uh, social media, on my texts, on our Slack channel, that you know that was probably one of the worst ha- first halves of football that they've seen from Pittsburgh and watching them. And I've got to agree because that was just a dreadful showing and once again there was no fire coming out in that i mean sure you can have fire when you're down 17 nothing but when you have no fire to start the game other quarterbacks have fire other offenses have fire but the play calling was nothing that would make you go hmm we've got to adjust for that no it's like ah yeah great we planned for this that's it so the play calling bad i mean just it's the same thing no adjustments seem to have been made dave what are your thoughts there was times when i actually thought the steelers 
when running the ball, ran it not as quite as predictable as they have in the past. I agree. Um, yeah. And I, and I, and I think that's what really helped them with the running game as well. And it helped to get Snell going, but at the same time, it's hard to say if the, like Brian, Brian saying about the play calling, it's hard to say if it was that bad when your execution is just that terrible. And I've never seen a game like that from Ben Roethlisberger where he just wasn't executing hardly at all. I mean, it, it's one thing for Ben to have a bad throw here and there, but it, it, this game was like, wow, Ben had a good throw. That's what you were taking note of. Yeah. That's not what you were getting otherwise. So, I mean, it's this was supposed to be the game that some people say it doesn't matter what the score is. You're it's not, you know, I'm still not going to feel better better because it's just the Bengals. And I thought to myself, well, if they don't win it, we're going to feel a whole lot worse. And yeah. here we sit. Here we are. I look at play calling from a situational standpoint. Like, so for instance, the Steelers in the second half, I thought they made adjustments, you know, that they were definitely giving some new looks, some new wrinkles and the Bengals were not able to really adjust. They had only forced, I think one punt in the second half up until that very last series. And then they come out and with the, the game essentially on the line and they, they're chucking it deep. Like they're throwing hail Marys at the end of a game. I understand that that should have probably been defensive pass interference on chase Claypool down the left sideline, but the play calling everything that they had had success with so far, they completely abandoned. It just makes you scratch your head and say, what in the world's going on? I do not know, but you know what? I do know that we'll be right back. If you're listening on the audio side, if we're watching on Facebook or YouTube, we're not going anywhere, but if you're listening on audio, All you got to do is go hop over to part two. You'll get us talk all about the defense. We'll be right back. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.